Okay, hello, and welcome to the Christ Church Podcast. Hope you're doing well today. Uh, this is Jared, and I am here with my uh, new friend, Brian Brewer. Brian Brewer. You'll get to know a little bit more about him here in just a few minutes. And I'm here also with Andy Claude. Pastor Andy. All right. Andy, you doing well today? Yeah, doing well. Just subduing the earth with you. <laughs> yeah. All right. We have been subduing the earth. We've been mowing <laughs> mowing over here and weed eating at the uh, at the BCM building, at the church building today, and that's been going well. And uh, when we got here, we walked in the back of the room and we met Brian. And Andy and I had previously I've been talking about, well, what are we going to do? We, we need to do a midweek podcast, and uh, you know, as you know, we've been doing a midweek devotional, and uh, so I said, hey, let's, let's record something today, and, and I said, be, be thinking about something to record, and we, we get here to mow and weed eat and uh, do a little work over here, and I walk to the back, and, and uh, John Baker and uh, Brian were talking, so I got to know Brian a little bit, and we're just going to kind of do a pseudo-interview here and, uh, and hear a little bit of his story, and then what I want for, for us is to be able to just to be praying for he and his wife. But, uh, but first, uh, Brian, would you please just uh, introduce yourself, tell us your name, uh, if, you have, if you're, you're, you're married, I know that you're married, tell us a little bit about your wife, uh, whatever you want to tell us, if you've got kids, um, and then after all the family stuff, tell us about how you, uh, how you became a Christian, and then we'll just kind of go from there. Okay. Hi, everybody. This is Brian Brewer. Uh, my wife and I actually live in Pinckneyville, although I'm not the Pinckneyville person. I'm actually from Florida. Uh, Paul and I uh, have three lovely daughters, all grown. Two of them live here in Carbondale, and one actually lives way up in Grand Forks, North Dakota. And we have been involved in ministry and particularly missions work since 1994, originally serving with Youth with a Mission in various locations. And God then just opened up the door for us to get involved in the world of the Southern Baptist Convention. And so we've been serving in in that capacity for a couple years now. Um, I was born in 1960 and raised, and I would call it a a Christian-based home. It was a uh, Presbyterian home, but um, there was never really any emphasis on uh, the need for a Savior. It was more or less talking about or learning about Jesus, the great I was, Hmm. not the great I am. And there was never really any teaching about the need to be saved and that Jesus is present and alive. But as a boy, I always uh, always had a very sensitive heart towards Jesus. Hmm. And uh, I'm a twin. And okay. my, my twin brother is just the opposite. Okay. Um, and when I was about 17, back in the 1970s, I'm starting to feel old now. <laughs> but there was a, the original, I, I call it the original Left Behind series. Okay. There were a series of movies about the end times, uh, A Thief in the Night and A Distant Thunder and these, these types of movies. And we had in high school what were called Coke houses. Okay. I.e. the drink. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> and it was it was a weekly Christian gathering sponsored by the high school when you could still really do that. Now talk about a bait and switch. Come yeah. to the Coke House. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. It's about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and they were very active. They okay. were very good uh, youth groups. And um, I was uh, attending that when I was 17, and they were watch- showing this movie called A Thief in the Night. Hmm. And after that movie, I, I sat there just dumbfounded because I was always very sensitive to Jesus, but nobody ever told me I needed to be saved. Wow. And then after that movie, uh, a very good friend at that time came up to me afterwards and said, would you like to pray together? I said, yes. Hmm. And so I, I prayed then. It was just so easy to commit my life to Christ. 
Um, and I've never looked back. You know, that doesn't mean I haven't stumbled and had my own process of growth and faith, but the bottom right. line was I knew, or had already known who Jesus was, now I knew who he is. Mm, that's good. And I've, I've just never looked back. And uh, my early, by the time I was in my early 20s, my goal was to be a missionary pilot. Okay. And so I, I trained in flight and, and then in maintenance because I was going to go out in the field and be a missionary pilot, a bush pilot, oh, okay, um, yeah. and serve Jesus that way. But but God had other plans. Um, he typically does. Yeah, you know? yeah. He, <laughs> and, you know, it's like the old family circus cartoon when the little boy is just supposed to go from point A to B, but his cir- circuitous route takes him mm-hmm. all over the place. And that's really what what God did with us. And he, I mean, even though I'm not currently active in aviation anymore, He's using all of that background. For various reasons, but I say all of that because that that eventually, to excuse the pun, launched us into uh, mercy ships, okay, and youth with a mission. And because of my engineering and aviation background, technology background, we got involved with working with youth with a mission, uh, and that eventually led us to going to Europe mm-hmm. and to England the first okay. time. Uh, so I'll stop there if you okay. want to ask a question at this point. Yeah, I've got I got a lot of questions, and okay. I think I'm trying to hold on as long as I can to those. But uh, Andy, do you have any questions so far for Brian? No, that experience with uh, with uh, YWAM there and your your first um, uh, trip to England. I'd like to hear a little bit more about what cemented um, kind of your heart in in ministry in England. That was not ever any place that was on our radar screen when, um, you know, there's so much more detail I could, could give that God worked in our heart and prepared us to going into YWAM, but we don't obviously have enough time for that. But I could tell you the last place I ever thought of going was someplace like England. You know, we were going to go to Mozambique, we were mm-hmm. going to go to Papua New Guinea or someplace right. like this, the far out beyond. Uh, we never had a developed or first world nation on our radar screen, but little did we realize how post-Christian hmm. the United Kingdom uh, was even in 1996 when we first went there to even where it is today. And uh, little, even less did we know that God was going to use that first uh, time of going to England to be the stepping stone of getting involved with a Bible college there called, well, now it's King's Evangelical Divinity School. <clears throat> and that's uh, the the most intimate connection that we still have with the United Kingdom besides several very dear Christian friends. Mm. Um, but when we were asked to go to England the first time, it was to uh, lead a, a joint missionary training program between YWAM and Wycliffe Bible Translators UK. And so that's initially what got us over there. And then while I was over there, or while we were over there that first time, we got introduced to uh, one uh, another ministry that eventually connected us with the Bible College. So I'll okay. stop right there. That's good. <clears throat> That's really good. So o- over the years then, uh, Brian and his wife, tell me your wife's name again. Paula. Uh, Brian and Paula had went back to the UK again, and now they're back in the States. They've been here, um, and uh, Brian has been pastoring a church in Willisville, mm-hmm. uh, Illinois, for the last Two years? Well, actually, four years. Four now. years. Yeah. Okay, four years. Yeah. And they're back, about to head back to England again. And uh, Brian, the question I have for you then is, okay, what are you going back to England to do this time around? And would you explain for us the spiritual landscape of 
of mm, England, yeah. and and maybe what we may think England is like, and then what England actually is like right now, and actually all <laughs> over all the all you know part of the UK, and just uh, just just the great need. And I think if we hear that, we may be able to have a little bit better idea. And I will ask you this at the end, but we can have a little bit better idea of what we can be praying for okay. uh, for you if we know what you're going over there to do. But then secondly, uh, what we can be praying for 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 the country that you're going into. Okay. Well, being connected with King's Evangelical Divinity School, uh, one of our main um, ethos points is to combat supersessionism and replacement theology, hmm. which is a, um, a long-standing issue in the body of Christ that says that the church has now replaced Israel as the focus of God's salvific work and effort. And um, I... 35 years ago when I was a very, very young Christian, I got involved, uh, had no idea at the time, but I got involved with a little group of Messianic believers. And I didn't know what God was doing at that time, but what he did start, he was was planting seeds in me to help me understand the importance of Israel in God's continuing purposes. Mm -hmm. And so over the years, as that has progressed, especially with my core area of passion, which is eschatology and end times, I began to realize you cannot understand end times if you don't understand Israel and God's purpose for Israel. So long story short, um, let me interject real quick. Uh, Now, knowing John, John is an Amil guy. Yeah. And uh, so it's interesting that that you guys, your friendship and that being your area of, of, uh, of kind of uh, direction that God has brought you into, that, that's interesting. And good to know that there's friendships maintained where there may be differences. Yeah. That's a, that's a great thing. Yeah, uh, because this issue of, of end times uh, really is not a core salvici- salvific issue. Yeah. And so there are different various positions on this. Um, and our college being very focused on the importance, continuing importance of Israel... Uh, led us eventually to start a center for Jewish Christian studies. Okay. Uh, because my my personal premise is, if you don't fully understand who Israel is in God's work and salvation, you will never really fully understand who God is. Okay. Because if... And you have to go back to the unilateral promises in, uh, that God made to Israel. And if God is able to somehow renege on his promises to Israel, then how do we know as believers that he can't renege on his promises to us? Well, I think, uh, and we can't, we could explore this, because <laughs> even as you're talking, here, here's what I know, is that we're united in our love for Jesus, yeah. and, uh, and we do have differences on eschatology, yes. and, and that's okay. Uh, but specifically, as you're going over there, I know that the, the, the work even of the university being a divinity school uh, is for just training for gospel work, and yes. so... Um, explain a little bit about the need as we kind of transition from that, do for the sake of time as well, but uh, explain the need in, uh, in England for just gospel work to be done. What, give us the spiritual landscape of England about, you know, what, is it, is it vibrant? Are there just everywhere you go, is there a church building on every corner filled with tons of people in there praying to Jesus and loving him and, and on mission to see, you know, the world change for Jesus? Mm-hmm. Or, or is it a spiritually docile place in need of of real gospel work. Well, and the interesting connection is, is because England historically um, developed into a nation that was very uh, evangelistic in its mission, 
it, it actually started first off with a very strong Jewish mission hmm. and Jewish focus mission, particularly in London, okay. which then spread out to other parts of the world. And that, what, that effort then is what really was the catalyst to the real modern-day Messianic Jewish movement that we have now in the U.S. The sad reality, though, is, is that whatever started in, particularly in the 1800s especially, has now started to reverse. Hmm. And the last major study, statistic study that I saw was that, uh, and I mentioned this to you earlier, mm-hmm. that less than 7% of the nation, United Kingdom, uh, have any involvement on a regular basis in a church or congregation. Now that includes, and I can't get away from the differences of just uh, classification, but Protestants and Catholics. Okay. And those are grouped together in this category of Christian, hmm. and less than 7% have any involvement in church, and more specifically, less than 1% uh, is considered to be evangelical. Hmm. That, that's so wild to me. Uh, one of our favorite preachers, and I'm sure there, there's probably a fondness in you as, as, a, as a great preacher, the, the Prince of Preachers from, from London, uh, Andy, his name is? Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon. Another favorite of mine is Martin Lloyd-Jones, <clears> who... <throat> um, from uh, from Wales and ended up uh, being a transplant into into London as well at Westminster Chapel and you know you hear of these great thundering voices that come yeah. from from Wales the revival the Welsh revival and and even uh, with uh, Roland Ro- Roland uh, uh, I'm gonna forget the name uh, Howard uh, well I forget the names now but mm-hmm. uh, but Lloyd Jones um, speaks of uh, basically the uh, the um, Calvinistic Methodist Church Fathers of Wales yeah. and these great great moves of God that that have happened through the UK over over the last several hundred years and to hear of now where um, where England is uh, and Wales and just the whole United Kingdom it, it's pretty alarming and mm-hmm. um, it is and yeah. so it, do you feel in a lot of ways that God is is sending you there to be um, just a trainer of, of uh, you know, Jewish believers who are coming up and, and other believers as well who are going to be sent out and planting churches and being missionaries. And what's, what's the goal of your work? Is it to create people who are going to, you know, these, these men and women who are going to go out and, and do the work of ministry within, within the, uh, the country? Uh, one of the main goals is Ephesians 2, 12 and 14, where Paul says that essentially God has created one new man. Hmm both Jew and Gentile together, in Yeshua or in Jesus. Yeah. One new man. Praise God. Um, and in a country that was very focused on Jewish ministry as well as to other nations, uh, it has now gone flip side to where now England is now one of the, you know, the prime uh, promoters of the whole boycott, divestment, sanction movement against Israel. Hmm. And I'm, I'm not trying to make this just an Israel issue, but it is very intrinsically part of the history of the United Kingdom hmm. and the uh, work of the body of Christ in England. Um, and so our goal in, in having the Center for Jewish Christian Studies is not just about trying to minister to Jewish believers. It is really to reach the body of Christ and say, hey, look, stop all this division. There's supposed hmm. to be one new man in Christ. If you want to, hmm. you know, worship in your ethnicity, that's okay because we, you know, you have Spanish worshipers and Asian worshipers and you have Jewish worshipers, but don't place your ethnicity ahead of who Jesus is. Hmm. Don't let your Jewishness be more important than your Jesusness. Ooh, that's so good. That's uh, so good. And so the, the actual goal is, though God has given us a specific focus of, of reaching uh, Jewish people, um, the goal primarily is for the body of Christ 
to be one new for uh, for Brian and and his wife and and the work over there. Do you have any questions for for him? Um, no, I mean uh, it's just been really great to hear your heart in in this, and we're absolutely praying for you, and just love to hear some some specific ways that we can be praying for your ministries as you go overseas. Well, and one just real quickly, one area of the Southern Baptist Convention that m- the vast majority of churches and church leaders don't know anything about is called the Southern Baptist Messianic Fellowship. I had no idea. It's You're part. Right. It's part of the multi-ethnic uh, ministry and committee uh, that comes right underneath Frank Page and, and the executive committee, and it's you know among many of the actual ethnic ministries. Um, but that's we are a part of the Southern Baptist Messianic Fellowship. Okay. Uh, as part of the specific focus group that God has given us to, to minister to. Good deal. Well, we are a, a small congregation. We meet in this building on Sunday mornings, and we have small groups throughout the week. And uh, how how can we, and anybody who may be listening to this, uh, this week, today, whenever, how can we be praying for you? That, well, and, and this is not a plug for support, but because we're not part of technically the IMB, mm-hmm. uh, even though we're part of the Southern Baptist Messianic Fellowship, our little uh, work that we're doing is independent. So we're having to trust God for the support, but as we talked about before we started this, we've got 20 years of seeing God's faithfulness. Hmm. Uh, that's a prayer need, but uh, the other, the big need is for the work of the Center for Jewish Christian Studies to, to uh, have an effect, a positive effect, on the body of Christ in the United Kingdom so that Jew and Gentile will be one worshiping Messiah, Jesus, together, hmm. and to be that renewed influence, Christian influence, on a nation that has essentially gone opposite of where it was 150 years ago, which is one of the reasons why Charles Spurgeon made some of the decisions that he made, hmm. was because he saw the, uh, the compromise that was coming into the British Baptist uh, world, and that's why he broke away. Hmm. And so this compromise has been going on a long time, and so we want to be that effective influence and, and witness on and trying to unite the body of Christ uh, in a very biblically founded, Christ-centered way, but bringing the two groups together so we're not just continuing to be fractured and we uh, influence what is now a very dominant um, Islamic influence mm. that is hitting and, 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 and having a, a very negative effect on the Christian heritage of the United Kingdom. Okay. Well, why don't we do that, and we ask you wherever you are listening in, I'm going to open, and uh, and then I'm just going to ask uh, Brian to pray and for Andy to close us out, and uh, and where you're at, if you're driving, if you're if you're running, if you're working out, if you're doing whatever you're doing, why don't you just join in and praying as well, praying with and for <laughs> Brian, and, and, and I'm sorry to ask again, Brian, but tell us one more time the name of your wife. Paula. Paula. Okay, Brian and Paula. Are any, any of your children going with you over? No. Okay. No. Yeah. Brian, Brian looks like he's about 42 or 3, so I had to ask. You're yeah. very gracious. <laughs> I'm 56. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's been a delight. Thank you so much for, for doing this. And, Appreciate uh, the time. And joining us. Just believe that God just kind of put this together for us. Not kind of. God did put this yes. together for us. Yeah. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you for, for this time. Thank you for... Uh, being able to just talk with uh, with Brian and hear about the work of God in England and the great need. Um, God, you're at work, and we're asking as you uh, get ready to send he and Paula back over, God, I pray that you would provide their every need, 
and that you would provide, provide for them financially. Uh, every need when it comes to tra- the travel, to moving, to you name it, all the X's and O's and all the T's that need to be crossed, all the I's that needed to be dot- need to be dotted. Holy Spirit, I ask you to take care of all of those. Pray against the enemy, his works and effect. The enemy does not want the light of the gospel to hit anybody's soul throughout England. And so the work is being opposed, and we know that. So God, I ask that you would send him and his wife back in there, and God, that you would light a fire through their work uh, in the lives of Jewish believers that they're working with, in the lives of Jew and Gentile alike, as he's already declared, this, this one new man that you came to create. And we thank you for that. God, I just ask for revival to happen there. Uh, just work in power there, God. Help us to remember this uh, this interview. Help us to remember them as they're going to do the work, uh, that we would continue to pray for them and for the country um, of England and just uh, all the countries that are a part of the UK. Just just work there, God. We're asking you to bring revival, change hearts, change lives. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I lift up to you Calvin Smith, who's our principal at the college, and the burden that you put on his heart to have this very specific focus on the Jewish uh, the Center for Jewish Christian Studies, and the the effort to be a part of seeing the one new man in Christ built up, raised up, strengthened in the United Kingdom. And Father, we ask, um, as Jared has prayed, for your protection against the enemy, thwarting the the plans and efforts that uh, you have initiated, instituted uh, through Calvin and through the college. And Father, as we go across, we thank you for um, the work that you called us to, a very unexpected area of, of life. But primarily, it's not just about ministering to Jewish people, but it's about the body of Christ. And seeing that uh, become a, a, a strong, positive, uh, powerful influence again in this country that 150 years ago was the mission-sending nation of the world. And we ask, we plead that you would use us, along with so many other groups that are there, that love you, that want to see your gospel go forth in the United Kingdom, that we would be just one of many that would be a part of your work and that you would be honored, you'd be glorified, that the name of Jesus, Yeshua, would be lifted up in this country and that it would um, be a very powerful wall again against the forces of, of Islam and other religions that are coming in to steal, to crush and destroy the Christian heritage that is part of the United Kingdom. Thank you, Father, for your grace, for your faithfulness, to allow us to be part of your work and your kingdom. And we ask this in Jesus' name, Father, and for his sake. Lord, we thank you for um, connecting us with, uh, with Brian, and we pray for, for him and Paula as they, as they travel and as they go to do your work. Would you protect them? Would you guide them? Would you give them supernatural um, wisdom? in uh, in their ministry and god we thank you um that uh, as a church that we can that we can pray for them that we can support them that we can um that we can pray for your um, for your work to continue in england so god we pray for our church um here in carbondale that you would uh, that you would help us to be able to um have a burden for other nations and that we would be able to um be able to see and send missionaries and um, both uh, at home and abroad. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a great day. Till next time, uh, I guess, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>